right, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without some dope prospects to break down. This is the War Draft Preview Series. Back after a little hiatus, we had to take last week off with uh, there's some scheduling issues there, but we're back on track here this week, and we're gonna give you not one but two positions to break down. And this fits pretty well, too, because they're pretty related, uh, related positions as two as two related positions as there could be on the football field. We're talking tight ends and wide receivers this week on our draft preview. And uh, yeah, man, this, this is I, Kyle Means, editorial director of WeAreRegalRadio.com. And once again with me is the great Ryan Bukovetsky who uh, is our, our man here on the site for NFL and Bears coverage. And also, we should say now, the executive producer of the Dia Davis show, following in the, in the footsteps of I and Tony Gill. Ryan now is the man on the ground handling business with Dean Davis, making sure that uh, their weekly sports show is doing, you know, living up to the standards that we've uh, – put forth in, in so many years now. But uh Ryan, how you doing, man? It's been uh been a couple weeks and uh we're back on in here with the draft previews, man. And you you're hard at work, man. So let us know what's going on with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Kyle. Always appreciate the kind words and always great talking to you as usual. And uh yeah, we've got uh, a lot of great stuff. We're trying to keep that standard as you said for the Davis show and then try to exceed it and go into new leaps and bounds, of course, too. And uh, we're getting very, very close to the draft, Kyle. We're already into April, just a few weeks away. So it's getting to that uh, point where draft fever is going to take over and those very crucial days, the 25th through the 27th, where a lot of teams, including the Bears, are going to uh, really try to bolster their squad right before the start of training camp and then the eventual season. Yes, yes, so, and we've uh, we hadn't hadn't yet listened to our previous episodes, our previous uh, podcast episodes uh, where we broke down safeties and running backs, um, and also of course read the the original posts uh, that Ryan wrote on those on those positions as well, and, and uh, the you know the the particular prospects that. Uh, we are that we think the Bears are going to be eyeing at those positions, and uh, this just this past week, uh, Ryan also uh, wrote about the tight ends. Well, he wrote about he wrote about the wide receivers two weeks ago, we should say, and no wide receiver last week, right? I'm you know, getting mixed up now. Tight ends two weeks ago, and uh, yes, just uh, if you want to start, uh, just. Just run down quick those two guys who you wrote about uh, most recently on WeAreRegalRadio.com. Yeah, sure thing. Let's start uh, with Caden Smith, and uh, he is the tight end prospect out of Stanford University. And uh, we talked about this probably towards the end of our last uh, draft uh, segment that we did together on uh, the safety position where tight end is, I think, an area on the Bears offense where it needs to deserve a little bit more attention as we get closer to the season. Because right now, 
they have two guys at the top and Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen and that you feel okay about those two guys going forward. There's not really a third guy uh, right now. Ben Broniker, who was an undrafted uh, free agent out of the University of Harvard, is your kind of third guy, but he should really be your fourth guy on your depth chart and more of a special teamer that can kind of fill in for a guy if he goes down for a few weeks and be able to keep that tight end position whole. So they really, I think, need to add another body there, and it looks like the draft is probably the area that they're going to go to, seeing as how they have not really made an effort to sign a tight end other than Ben Broniker in free agency. And another thing that fans should keep a, an awareness of is Adam Shaheen has had trouble staying healthy so far in his first two seasons as a bear and he's a second round pick so he's going to get all the chances in the world to come on and develop but he hasn't quite turned out to be the type of player that i think the bears were expecting to get and uh, he might fall to be more of a receiving type or uh, at least uh, not that combo of a receiver and blocker that they were looking for when they drafted him in the second round but obviously still out of room for growth with him and he came from a lower football program he did not come from the d1 uh division of college football so he's going to need some time to kind of gain that uh seasoning but Caden smith specifically is a guy that has that sort of ability or projectile to be that inline blocker as well as that receiving threat and he comes from a very heralded program when it comes to tight ends and that being stanford They've uh, done an excellent job of producing tight ends, and they have had actually a tight end selected in the top four rounds of the draft since 2012. So you're talking mm. about a lot of guys in the league that have come from this pro-style offense, and Caden Smith is similar to some of the previous guys that have been drafted. He has a, a very big body. He has a, a little bit of mobility to him, and uh, he was able to be a part of that pro-style offense where they asked him to be an inline blocker as well as a receiver threat. And where he would help the Bears the most right out of the gates is his catch radius, which is huge, and he's very physical at the top of his routes. He would be an excellent red zone target if the Bears decide to go with him maybe in a layer in the draft because he does project to, to kind of fall somewhere between the third and sixth round. Some teams have him higher versus other teams. Teams, but he does seem to be a day two player and definitely in that round three area and some teams may have him falling very deep down to the sixth round so it, depending on how you look at him he might be a guy that is that combo tight end like a Jason Witten type or he might just be a guy that can turn into a good blocker with limited receiving ability he did not run a great 40 yard dash at the combine he ran a 4.92 Seems like he plays faster than that than he did on his uh, on his uh, uh, pro tape than he did at the combine. In terms of a bench press, he had 15 reps, which you don't want to go too heavy on the bench press, but you figured that would be an area with a big tight end like him that he would uh, succeed in that area. And unfortunately, uh, he did not have the greatest of workouts at that combine in general. And I think that that really uh, hurt him in his draft stock, which is why we're talking about him potentially being a late-round draft pick. But some other things that are really positive about him as a player has been his uh, ability to kind of use his size and his leverage. He has that ability as a receiver. Now, if he goes up against some athletic linebackers, he may have some difficulties with 
the limited amount of wiggle that he has to get away from those type of players. But he's a guy that as long as he uh, can continue to become a better blocker, he should at least at the minimum be a nice red zone target. And as long as he's not your number one receiving option, I think he could be a really nice player because he has that size. And if anything, you could give him one of those go up and get a tight balls. Yeah. I, I, he looked impressive in, in that uh, video that I've seen that you know that you offered uh, with your post, and uh, I looked up another video on him too. I uh, think that I included in your post, and like you said, that catch radius I think was very impressive. Like he was a guy who, you know, you and you send about 10, 15 yards out, he can get a good, he can get you that first down that you need, or and and or as you say, like if you if you extend that to the red zone, he will seem to be a guy who can fend off, you know, defenders and do some do some good physical things to bring the ball down in the in the red zone like that. So I was I was pretty impressed by him. I did see I'm glad you mentioned Witten. Like he did look a little bit like a young Witten in uh some of that tape too. Yeah, and in terms of his uh total college collegiate career, he uh only played as a sophomore and as a junior. He uh, only played in nine games his uh junior season, but still had 47 receptions for 635 yards. He was a, a you know featured player in the offense, maybe not using the red zone more than you would expect with only two touchdown passes, but he had an average of 13.5 yards a catch. So this was a guy that uh, you could really use up the seam and really challenge smaller safeties to have to come up and defend him. And uh, like I said, if he's a guy that can – continue to develop his route running and maybe find a way to be a little bit more successful in getting away from athletic linebackers, he could be a really nice tight end prospect. Okay. And uh, this past week you wrote about uh, a pretty pretty uh, potentially explosive kid out of the Ohio State University uh, at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, tell us about, tell us about that and, you know, tell about that kid, McLaurin, and, and what do you think his fit could be with the Bears? Yeah, Terry McLaurin is a interesting draft prospect because he has the type of measurables that you are just drooling for when you uh, go to the combine and scout for players because uh, he was absolutely sensational. He ran a 4.35 40-yard dash, which was third out of all the receivers. He was tied sixth with an 18 bench press, and this is a guy that uh, isn't a huge player, but six foot, 208 pounds. He's a, a pretty average-sized player, but with that speed, it really makes him into an impressive athlete. Uh, overall, he didn't succeed in college, I think, the way that many teams would have expected, especially in the high explosive offense that Ohio State has, which I think is why he's being considered lower on draft boards than uh, teams may have had him early on in the process. Another thing, too, regarding his speed, he's considered more of a like long-distance sprinter type where uh, he's going to have that home run speed build up as he gets acceleration. But he's not the type of guy like Anthony Miller where he's very quick twitch and can move on like a dime and, and move around with that wiggle. So he's not necessarily a guy that maybe is perfect in the slot, but he really could be a projected great 7.5 inch vertical as well, which is pretty uh, impressive for a player like him too. So he has the vertical, he has a little bit of size, and he has that home run speed. I think he would fit really well with the Bears 
is really where the next step of the offense, I think, takes in their evolution is finding a different player on the outside. And that might be Anthony Miller already. But uh, I, I would think the Bears are going to be looking to try to get Taylor Gabriel to be more of your slot receiver rather than your outside receiver and have more of a, a, a consistent threat where, yeah, you have that speed that you're not sacrificing because Allen Robinson is the fastest. But you want a guy that's maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical. And if they're able to find a guy that can play consistently opposite of Allen Robinson, they can do all types of things between those two with Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel. If they were to get uh, a Terry McLaurin, then you maybe have Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel inside on the slot. You could do just a whole different type of offense and open it up even more with an air raid attack. And, and Terry McLaurin is a guy that some guys uh, will see him going earlier than others. He might project as a uh, early second round pick, but other people have him falling down to even the fourth round. So he's one of those guys that's all over the place. And you look at the wide receiver class just in general, Kyle, when we look back at running backs when we did uh, that draft preview, Really, the running back class, for the most part, is the same type of player, very similar. They're all about the same height, all about the same weight, all about the same type of quick speed, but no one has really that home run speed. And there's no real power backs or no speedy backs, except for a few different names here and there. But primarily, it's one type of player. When we look at the wide receiver and tight end group in this year's class, you have all types of players across the boards. So you can have kind of your short really fast slot receiver, or you can have that really big, tall, athletic, on the outside type receiver. So depending on what you value as a team, depending on what you need, and depending on where you are in the draft, there's going to be a whole host of options because on top of having these different player profiles, this draft does seem to have a lot of depth, especially in the middle rounds. As you look at the overall receiver class, top names are DK Metcalf and Marquise uh, Brown out of uh, Oklahoma, DK Metcalf out of uh, Old Miss. And uh, those two guys are probably your first rounders. But after that, you're going to see a lot of different names potentially being thrown around and a lot of different players that, depending again, what flavor you like in receiver, that guy is probably going to be available somewhere for you to get him. That's interesting. You know, I. I, I, I... You know, you perk up my ears quite a bit with some of that analysis, man. It, you know, I think when when you look at the Bears, some people may not deem either of those positions as one of the first positions that they think of where upgrades could be used, could be needed or, or such. But like you say, with with the offense that we're trying to run, with the offense that Matt Nagy uh, is is probably expected to try to continue on here, you know, you want to have different weapons available at, uh, you know, at different areas of the field. And like you said, you know, you may want to do some air raid stuff. And that's something that the Bears didn't do enough of either, whether it was either, you know, by choice or just, uh, you know, teams, the way that teams played them, you know, they didn't get to air the ball out enough that as, you know, we might have expected going into the year when, they brought in like a, like you know Taylor Gabriel and stuff, and you know Gabriel had his moments, but he didn't have that big breakout, uh, the, you know at least for an extended time that that we might have expected. But you know, like you said, if you could bring in another speedster in the offense and you know 
make make people go, you know, make people have to defend downfield consistently with a quarterback like Trubisky, who we know can throw the ball down the field. You know, that could that could really mean a uh, a lot of progression for the offense. And you know, like you said too, with uh, the tight end, you know, he, you know, just to, to have someone who you could rely on either in the red zone or at least in in that sort of 10 to 20 yard radius where you can make first downs when you need to on, you know, maybe third and longs or such or fourth downs if needed, you know, that could make a difference too in regards to uh, making a difference in close games, which, you know, again, was, was something we saw with the Bears. Uh, you know, they, they were much better at coming out on top in close games last year, but their game, their season ended in, in, in particular because they couldn't, pick up some key downs against the Eagles and stuff. And so, you know, it'd be interesting to see what direction they were going. But before we go more into other uh, other options in the draft or other, or other types of players across the boards, so you can have kind of your short, really fast slot receiver, or you can have that really big, tall, athletic, on the outside type receiver. So depending on what you value as a team, depending on what you need, and depending on where you are in the draft, there's going to be a whole host of options because on top of having these different player profiles, this draft does seem to have a lot of depth, especially in the middle rounds. As you look at the overall receiver class, top names are DK Metcalf and Marquise uh, Brown out of uh, Oklahoma, DK Metcalf out of uh, Old Miss. And uh, those two guys are probably your first rounders. But after that, you're going to see a lot of different names potentially being thrown around and a lot of different players that, depending, again, what flavor you like in receiver, that guy is probably going to be available somewhere for you to get him. That's interesting. You know, I, 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 you know, you perk up my ears quite a bit with some of that analysis, man. It, you know, I think when, when you look at the Bears, some people may not deem – either of those positions as one of the first positions that they think of where upgrades could be used, could be needed or, or such. But like you say, with with the offense that we're trying to run, with the offense that Matt Nagy uh, is, is probably expected to try to continue on here, you know, you want to have different weapons available at, uh, you know, at different areas of the field. And like you said, you know, you may want to do some air raid stuff. And that's something that the Bears didn't do enough of either, whether it was either, you know, by choice or just, uh, you know, teams, the way that teams played them, you know, they didn't get to air the ball out enough that as, you know, we might have expected going into the year when they brought in like, a, like you know, Taylor Gabriel and stuff. And, you know, Gabriel had his moments, but he didn't have that big breakout uh the, you know, at least for an extended time that that we might have expected. But, you know, like you said, if you could bring in another speedster in the offense and, you know, make make people go, you know, make people have to defend downfield consistently with a quarterback like Trubisky, who we know can throw the ball down the field, you know, that could that could really mean a, a lot of progression for the offense. And, you know, like you said, too, with uh, the tight end, you know, he, you know, just to, to have someone who you could rely on either in the red zone or at least in in that sort of 10 to 20 yard radius where you can make first downs when you need to on, 
you know, maybe third and longs or such or fourth downs if needed, you know, that could make a difference too in regards to uh, making a difference in close games, which, you know, again, was, was something we saw with the Bears. Uh, you know, they they were much better at coming out on top in close games last year, but their game, their season ended in, in, in particular because they couldn't pick up some key downs against the Eagles and stuff. And so, you know, it'd be interesting to see what direction they were going. But before we go more into other uh, other options in the draft or other, or other, other you know, uh, top, top, I guess the top uh, options in the draft for teams, would you say, I, I, I want to get this question out, would you say that these positions more so than even running back or safety, which we talked about uh, before, would these be positions that may tempt, uh, tempt the Bears front office, tempt Ryan Pace to maybe trade up? You know, we saw last year he traded up to get Miller in the second round. Would you would you think how how in comparison to those other positions would you think these two these two positions may tempt Pace to make a deal on draft day? Hey Ryan, Ryan, sorry. Yep. Yeah, you just went out for a good, yeah, good bit there. So I'm. Let me let's key. Uh, let me lead. Let me do that again, and I'll just lead you back into that. Okay. No problem. Because yeah, that'll. I couldn't have edited around that. Are you? Uh, you hearing me fine right now? Yeah, I'm hearing you good now. But yeah, you just when I when I gave you that question you just you went out right away for a couple of seconds and then you went back and then you went went out for a good while before you came back so yeah that's fine right. yeah let me just start that yeah let me just re-edit okay all right so yeah so look so now looking at these two positions i want to ask you this question before we look at any other Top uh, oh, top prospects at these positions, the tight end and wide receiver. Uh, in regards to you know comparing these positions to make to the positions we've broken down uh, previously, uh, safety and running back. What was what do you think the chances would be that Pace may trade up? You know we saw him trade up last year to get Miller, a gifted wide receiver, in the second round. You know, what would the chance? What would be the chances you think uh, at this year that he may trade up to get another uh, wide receiver or maybe a tight end that may add some more pop to this offense? Well, it's definitely um, a possibility with Ryan Pace. He is the type of player that, or type of general manager that would go up and down the draft. And if he falls in love with a guy, we've seen it multiple times in the past that he goes after those guys and doesn't really worry too much about the the price that it costs to get those guys in. 
I personally don't think that that's going to happen, Kyle. I think that there is just so much depth in the middle rounds with really intriguing options across the board for tight end and for a wide receiver. And because both the Bears are not hurting at both of those positions, you know, you do have a star player at, with Al Robinson at wide receiver. You might not have a star tight end, but Trey Burton is the type of uh, offensive weapon at tight end that teams are really, they have to game plan for because of all his athleticism that he brings at that tight end position. And then you look at an Adam Shaheen, who is a real red zone monster and was used that way once he returned to the lineup last year. So they do have these type of players across the board at receiver tight end that they don't, they aren't hurting at weapons. But of course, adding another weapon would only benefit this offense because we know Nagy, you give him more things and more options and abilities to hold an offense. He's going to try to get it as creative as possible to include everybody and confuse defenses to a point that they haven't seen something before. And that way, uh, in that speaking, I think that there are guys already in those middle rounds where the Bears are at that they don't have to go after them. And wanting to almost connect this with the Jordan Howard trade for a second, because everyone was very critical of the Bears for trading Jordan Howard for a pick for next season. And even though uh, you would like maybe a pick for this season to help you out, especially since you don't have a first and second rounder, one thing that uh, fans are going to have to really start putting into perspective is the Bears are going to have to spend a lot of money on a lot of key players that are going to be coming up into free agency soon. One of those being Eddie Jackson, another being Mitch Trubisky, especially if Trubisky is the guy that is going to be picked to lead this franchise moving forward. And you already have a huge contract in Khalil Mack. So giving away draft picks might be a huge mistake for Ryan Pace. It might be completely to his benefit to stay still, trade down, and looking at next year, they're going to have a couple extra draft picks thanks to a couple trades like Jordan Howard. They're also most likely going to get some compensatory picks. So there are probably going to be some major roster moves within the, the next couple of years as players move on once their rookie contracts are are up and they can't sign them back because of the cap space that has been given up to players that you need that are your core players. So you're going to need those cheap contracts of drafts and uh, draft players. And we see it all the time with teams like New England, Green Bay, when they were humming teams, but that's what they, you do. You pay the guys that are critical to your success. You let the rest move on and you just continue to build up draft capital and bring in players to replace those guys. So I don't expect Ryan Pace to do a ton of moving up in the draft unless it's within reason and not giving up any type of major draft capital. Okay, that's well said, man. I, uh, when you were saying that last part there, I was thinking too a lot about a Seattle as a team that came up with a lot of young talent and eventually they had to pay that talent and they've since shed, no, they had faced decisions to pay those talents. And they've shared a lot of that Legion of Boom defense for the for those reasons. There's other reasons, of course, locker room stuff. But you know, you know, it, there's there's a certain churning of talent that every NFL team has to go through in regards to you know, you know, getting when guys get out of rookie contracts and stuff. And you know, you got to make sure that certain positions are, are kept intact. And while you know, others may you may have to just do some uh, make some hard choices with. So. Yeah, definitely, and, and and draft choices help, like I say, help uh help make things easier. They take a little pressure off because you can. That's new talent there, and that's new cheap talent 
that will be available to you in the future. So if you, you don't want to give up uh, as many, you don't want to give up, you want to give up as few of those spots as you can. So, uh, yeah. Especially when you're not hurting as a team, like right. the Bears are, you know, getting a DK Metcalf, let's say would be great. It's not for sure that he's going to be a superstar, but uh, you don't need that player to get you to the next level of the Bears. So if you don't need to do that kind of thing, it's better to not move up in the draft and go get those guys. Because look at a team like New England. New England never trades up for, uh, you know, big trades, giving up draft capital to go get a guy. They always find a guy within their range that they really like, and they're fine with player development. Yeah, that's maybe the ideal franchise. We talk about mid to late round drafting. You know, so going back to when they they plucked Brady out of, uh, you know, obscurity. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's that, to that point. Let's uh, you know, why don't you uh, rattle off a, a couple of guys at each of these positions who may be there, not you know, maybe around, not necessarily in the third round, but even later. You know, if the if the Bears don't want to uh, address this position at this point. I know at that first pick, you know, maybe they could address it later in in the draft in the fourth or fourth round or lower. So, who, any of those guys who, who, who any guys like that who uh, jumped out to you? Yeah, without a doubt. And let's start with the wide receivers. And um, I'm going to start with the name that most likely won't be there when the Bears are drafting. But boy, I, I think I would be very excited if he was available at 87. The Bears were on the clock, and this is a guy that is the teammate to the uh, player we featured, Terry McLaurin, uh, Paris Campbell out of the Ohio State. Very Thank similar you. build, six foot 205. Very similar like to Terry McLaurin, who was six foot 208. A little bit faster 40-yard dash, 4-3-1 instead of uh, Terry McLaurin's, who was a 4-3-5. So looking at uh, Campbell, 40-inch vertical, really exciting athlete and player. Some people have him going in the third round versus uh, you know other draft mocks and scouts so it'll be interesting to see where he lands but he would be a very interesting prospect I think for the Bears if he were to somehow fall there uh, another guy just going off of a very different draft profile that could be available especially in the third round and has been shown to be even falling down even to the fourth or fifth round is Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State he is a six foot five, two hundred and twenty-seven pound receiver. Mm-hmm. Ran a four four eight forty yard dash. So has a little bit of uh, speed, not quite the speed that we talked about with the other receivers, but that six five body, two hundred twenty-seven pounds. That's a big thirty-five move. and a quarter inch arm length, and he has huge hands at ten and three quarters. So this would be a, a very interesting player. And again, we talked about with the Bears offense. If you can find a guy on the opposite side of Allen Robinson that can still bring uh, that speed threat, which it seems like Hakeem Butler has the athletics to do that, then uh, you can really open up the offense with some of the inside stuff that they can do with the tight ends and the slot receivers. And another guy that uh, I thought was worthy of bringing up because of the fact that uh, he was – 
targeted last uh, year in the draft, and it's not specifically this guy, but actually his brother, Calvin Ridley, was a first-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons last season. Yeah. And the Bears were rumored to be trying to trade back into the first round to go get him. They really liked him as a wide receiver prospect, but uh, couldn't find a way back into the first round, which is why they went back into the second round to go after Anthony Miller, who was, I would guess, probably their number two wide receiver on their draft board. Riley Ridley is the brother of Calvin, and he is coming out in this draft. You might remember him in the uh, national championship game against Tua Tagovailoa in Alabama, where Tua came into the game and saved that for Alabama over Georgia. In the first half, Riley Ridley was terrific, and he was... uh, being joked out by the, the uh, broadcasters is saying that he was the uh, actual Ridley brother because Calvin was in that game and he was supposed to be the top uh, receiver prospect. So Riley has uh, not had quite the combine and workouts that you wanted to see out of him. He ran a 4, 5, 8, 40 at the combine, 6 foot 1, 199 pounds. So not especially big, not especially small. He had a 30.5 inch vertical. But again, I go back to that Alabama game. He was a guy that uh, really did some nice stuff. It would get some really good competition in Alabama. He is a really solid route runner, just like his brother Calvin. He just doesn't have the speed that Calvin had coming out of the draft, or at least that he showed in the combine. So I wonder if maybe the Bears see a little bit of the same type of player in Riley Ridley, and they'd be interested in him as well. And He's a guy that has seemingly been falling down draft boards. He would be more likely in the fourth to seventh round range, just depending on how much you like him as a player. Interesting. That's, that sounds like a White Sox uh, strategy there. Just you can't get the big guy; just get like a relative or something. You know? Yeah, and yeah. It, it would be interesting to see him on the Bear squad. I mean, he's a good route runner. He does have that speed to play on the outside. Uh, or I'm sorry, he has the size to play on the outside. Doesn't have quite that speed that you're looking for. But again, he looked faster to me than what he ran at the combine. He was uh, he was a real big playmaker for Georgia in that national championship game. And then uh, Alabama really put the clamps on him in the second half. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if maybe they look at him and see a similar size build to Calvin and say, you know what, maybe let's go ahead and get this guy. He might be more of a possession the guy, though, it seems like, right? Not necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't think of him as a high draft pick. I would think he would very – some people have him being unavailable when the Bears pick at 87 in the third round. I would be very surprised by that, personally. I think he's falling lower and lower. But he is a guy that, just like any of these receivers, there are so many different types of receivers with different uh, – you know, accolades in college, different body types, different uh, performances, whether it's combine and pro tape, senior bowl. That's where Terry McLaurin, who we talked about originally, he was absolutely uncoverable at the senior bowl. And that uh, started his kind of draft rise and the, the nice combine help, which is why he might not be there for when the Bears pick at 87. But you can find any type of receiver that you want in this draft if you uh, scout it right, and that's why I would be surprised if the Bears really go uh, heavy in trying to trade up for some of the top guys like Marquise Brown and DK Metcalf. Okay, and and just going back to the tight ends right quick, are there any any uh, subsequent guys around in, in that position who, who jumped out jumped out to you in your research? Absolutely, there's uh, a, just again. 
Now it's it's similar to the receiver position with the tight end class, very different styles, but not necessarily you have different body types. It seems like you either have tight ends that are receiver options that could be really deadly receivers that probably won't be good blockers, or you've got guys that are good blockers with limited receiving ability, and then you've got just a handful of guys, like we talked about Kate Smith, that seem to have the ability to do both. This next guy is a guy that probably won't be available when the Bears are drafting at 87. He seems to be projected to go higher up in the draft because of his excellent combine and uh, his overall great season at Texas A&M, and that's Jace Sternberger. He's six foot four, 251 pounds, so not a very big guy. You know, your tight end position, get away with a sliver, 250. Usually your tight end, when you're talking about that combo receiver, blocker, you're thinking 260, 270 range, somewhere in there. But he did run a 4.7540 at 17 uh, bench press reps. Uh, some good athletic numbers overall. And then at uh, Texas A&M, uh, he transferred from Kansas, so he missed out on his sophomore season. But he had a huge junior season, 48 receptions for 832 yards and uh, an average of 17.3 yards per reception and 10 touchdown passes. So he was extremely, extremely uh, 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 noticeable at Texas A&M with his, uh, with his ability on the field. And he uh, certainly racked up the stats. So he would be a guy very interesting if he falls and is available to where the Bears are at 87, has a lot of skill and potential talent. Uh, another guy is Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. This guy is a six foot five, two hundred forty nine tight end that ran a four six three forty at the combine. He again is more of that receiver type, not so much of a blocker. His uh, NFL comparison is Vance McDonald, if people remember him, but. Uh, mm. He has good balance and attention in his details. He accelerates really well and can get up seams and really attack defenses, especially in that soft part where you have linebackers and safeties. He's a, he's a very interesting prospect and has been uh, reportedly been getting some looks at by the New England Patriots, if that means anything to anybody. Uh, he had 56 receptions his senior year for 709 yards, four touchdowns, and a 12.7 yards per reception, a guy that really can be projected all over the place. Uh, if you really like his athleticism and style, maybe he goes somehow into the second round or early third round. Other people look at him at San Jose State in a lower conference, not playing against the top competition. Maybe he falls down to fourth, fifth range, and uh, that might be an area where the Bears pick him up with all his athleticism and just uh, what he can bring out of football field at the tight end position and then maybe even uh, an even greater receiver type tight end in uh, Caleb Wilson out of UCLA I picked him just because I really uh, enjoyed seeing some of his statistical numbers he's six foot four 240 pounds he uh, played with Josh Rosen when Josh Rosen was a quarterback at UCLA yeah. and uh, last season he had his best year with 60 receptions 965 yards, four touchdowns, but an average of 16.1 yards per reception. He ran the fastest 40 out of the tight ends in the draft at 4.56, blazing speed. Maybe doesn't have quite the vertical you would like out of the tight end position, 29 inches. 
and wasn't ranked very high in that area and uh, did do as well in some of the uh, cone and uh, shuttle trails, but really explosive player. Another guy that uh, maybe the Bears could get because a lot of teams uh, project him in the fifth to seventh round area just because of uh, how raw he kind of was as a player and uh, didn't really come out to the scene until last year. So it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, some of these GMs and NFL personnel feel about these tight ends because they aren't uh, that traditional tight end that we've been accustomed to growing up like the Tony Gonzalez's. It's, it's really turning into a, a wide receiver type position. And uh, depending on what you see as them as a blocker and what you need out of your offense, I think teams uh, will have a different option at tight end that they can be uh, pretty useful. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. And uh yeah, I guess that should be should be enough for now with these two positions. Um before we wrap this uh episode up, uh anything else that's been uh sticking out with you about the uh about the Bears as of late? I know uh you know, the probably the biggest news since we last talked has been the Howard trade. And uh, anything, anything else? I know you mentioned Howard a little earlier. Anything else you want to say regarding that? And uh, you know some of the things that the Bears have been doing uh, as of late in this offseason? Yeah, the, obviously, like you pointed out, that uh, Jordan Howard trade, and we talked about this earlier. I think the the big thing to take away is the Bears are projecting themselves moving forward. Obviously, with a running back that they feel more could conducive to the system that they are trying to build as a pass catcher and a runner. Jordan Howard just too limited as a uh, pass catcher and maybe not the type of runner that Mad Nagy would want. Yeah. And uh, that compensation, though, I think speaks volumes to what the Bears are trying to do moving forward because, uh, you know, they have themselves a, a more compensation, more draft choices, which is very important that they uh, need going forward with some of their big contracts coming up. And I think the only uh, other big news is since the uh, AAF suspended its uh, play, lined a couple of extra kickers that will be a part of the kicking competition. So uh, they uh, picked up a couple guys from this league. And uh, also, too, one other thing I wanted to point out with the Bears is uh, they're going to have – all types of different uh, jersey combinations. It sounds that like they're going to have uh, uh, four different type of jerseys for 2019. They uh, are going to be celebrating their centennial. So a lot of good stuff coming up with, uh, with the Bears this season and that kicking cut. And they've announced that their four jerseys will be the traditional Navy. They've got their traditional white jersey and then their alternate orange jersey to go along with the new uh, centennial celebration jersey for the season. Well, I hope whatever the Bears do, I hope they ain't as ugly as those new Jets jerseys. Those things are garbage. Well, uh, yeah, they've had some bad uniforms in the past, and you know, Kyle, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, I don't know if Bears are the ultimate team when it comes to style and yeah, and, uh, <laughs> grace, and things like that, fashion. So I, I want to see, uh, want to see what they got because hopefully uh, it's something. Real nice. We're known more for the Grabowski's here than GQ. You know, I don't know. But uh, I, I want before I wanted to go back into the AAF again. It's, it's interesting, you know, how this 
how that thing fell apart. But it's also interesting to me too how like you got this this little market of players who came from there and uh, you know, who came from there and, and are now getting picked up. A few guys have gotten picked up uh with other franchises and, and you, you mentioned the Bears uh getting you know getting in the mix with some kickers because you know I'm you know beggars can't be choosers right now and, and the Bears I'm I'm sure they're not uh very choosy right now with kickers. They're just trying to get as much talent as they can in in the camp. But uh I, I, you know my thing with the AAF and I don't know why, you know I, I think people overshot themselves with the AAF and you know, it seemed like maybe that guy who funded, who who bailed them out at the beginning of the year, maybe wasn't as interested in, in keeping that thing going as maybe they hoped he would. But I I don't see any reason why you can't maybe in the future at some point, and maybe the NFL would be more in more into this that you would have a thing in in these in these spring months. Where players like at that level who are, who maybe like you know practice squad types or you know low you know free agent free agent guys who came from who just coming out of the college ranks maybe they just play a set of games and they use those games as you know as uh, essentially you know they they have their records and stuff their competitive games. But they're more or less used to to be like scouting events for the NFL, and you know whatever you you could you could have it be like six to eight weeks, you know give give out a trophy at the end if you want for the team that has the best record, so so that Steve Spurrier could say he has a title again, and you know but but the real point of the whole of the series of games will be to shine a light on talents that could be brought back into the league or brought into the league for the first time. You know, make, I don't, I don't know. I, that's just, that's just my, that's just something I just thought of when you were, when you were mentioning the AAF there. And it's, it's more of a practical thing. I think with, with a league like that, they're more in this, into this romanticized notion of, oh, we're, we're keeping football alive and we're, you know, we're tapping into this interest of football and, and they're making it into this thing where they think that they're going to bring ratings and do all this stuff that is going to be financially benef beneficial when, you know, you're not really, I don't think you're really going to do anything on, on that level. You should maybe just more do something to uh, keep players circulating and keep talent, you know, keep talent, keep the NFL abreast of talent that they could have to deepen their rosters. And while and, and allowing a platform for other guys to compete and and do you know like I say keep keep themselves uh, keep the NFL knowledgeable of them you know but that's just something I'm throwing out there but, but uh yeah I think when you look at the AAF and some of their struggles that they had you need to have guys like you're pointing out that showcase NFL potential if you're going to have a type of league like. Nobody wants to watch just a bunch of Joe Schmoes. They want to see at least guys that, hey, this is a player for, I don't know, the Bears. 
that, that maybe mm-hmm. they can talent or that they're developing to eventually become a player on their roster or something. Right. Or uh, these are a bunch of guys that, that's, you know, however you do it, where it's more of a showcase of guys that are planning on going to the NFL, like you're pointing out. I think another thing that's an issue is when that is happening, though, too, because if you are a practice squad player and some of the bottom roster players that uh, the, the CEO, Tom Dundon, wanted to feature in his league and have it be more of a minor league for the NFL, and those guys are about to go to camp, and you can't play football year-round with the way that we know that how much wear and tear it does on the body. So when are the games played would be another interesting thing to me because it's kind of like – Baseball and basketball, their minor league systems are in season when their teams are in season. And then they're resting when the teams are resting. So some logistics, I think, have to be done on that part. And then uh, on the other side, too, I almost wonder if maybe there's room for like a big three league type thing for football in the NFL. Because I think one of the things that really cachet for the big three wasn't necessarily people coming to see a bunch of basketball. It was just seeing guys that they loved playing that sport coming back to do it again and then getting an entertaining product while they came to see the curiosity factor. I wonder if maybe the NFL has room to do something, or I'm sorry, the uh, some other league has room to do that as like a big three, big something flag football type thing where maybe they can grow it in that sense. And maybe that could be a type of league that doesn't necessarily challenge the NFL, but can be that football supplement when we don't have football going on. And yeah. one last thing I just wanted to point out too, Kyle, uh, just to kind of go full on that uh, AF kickers that the Bears brought in. They were for tryouts. No contract has yet been given out, but the guys were Young Hoku and Nick Rose, and they tried out last Wednesday. So guys that could potentially be brought back for a kicking uh, competition once training camp starts. Okay. Young Ho, I, I, yeah, I heard, I remember that name uh, from the first week or two that, that sort of jumped yeah, out. Yeah, he uh, scored the actual first points of the AF on his field goal with Atlanta. There you go. That, just a, that might be a, a future Jeopardy question there or something, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I wonder how those XFL questions have aged because I'm sure Tommy Maddox is a big head on those. Yeah, and, and he hate me. Yeah. Yeah. Skycam. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, XFL brought some. They brought some things to the game. And, and if you look at the AAF, they they're probably going to be credited with bringing that eye in the sky thing, that sky judge thing. They'll probably mm-hmm. be. I, I think aren't, aren't the NFL bringing that along or something like that? Uh, I don't think that they've officially announced that they are going to bring it back. But like you. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL just does it without really announcing it. Yeah. I, I think they probably did the same thing for the Skycam, that way to really not give credit to the other league that came up with it. But uh, I, I agree with you. I think there's definitely going to be elements of things from the AF that are going to be stolen and brought to the NFL. And even the Denver Broncos tried to do an AF idea to replace onside kicks with that fourth and 15 idea that they presented that was shot down. Right, that did come up in the meetings. idea yeah. to eliminate onside kicks because they don't have any place kicking in the league other than for field goals. Right, so, that, did, that did come up in the meetings, didn't it? I remember that, yeah. And I think that that may, 
be uh, will be coming sooner than later because uh, onside kicks were at a record low last year because of the changes to the kickoff rules, and now that those have become permanent, I would expect that onside kick trend to get to continue to stay low unless someone can innovate it somehow and find a, maybe a, a spot in the rule book that they can take advantage of. Because if that play becomes uh, basically like the field goal was when it was on the two-yard line, what's the point of having it if it's so automatic? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, interesting to, it's interesting to see, like, how, you know, these sort of things can evolve over time. So, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when there was no – nobody was – People thought instant replay was unfeasible, but you know now that's you know that's a whole thing now with you know instant replay and you know it's it's really in, embedded in the game now. So you, you never know what uh what type of inspiration could come and and they could come from some of the oddest places like the XFL or the or the Dear Departed now AAF RIP. So uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that for this episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Ryan Bukovetsky and Kyle Means here. We're going to sign off. Uh, next week, we're going to come back with another uh, another episode, breaking down, uh, should be breaking down edge rushers. And, um, uh, of course, a post to that degree will be featured as well on uh, weareregalradio.com this week. Uh, Ryan will write up. Be not sure yet of the guy you're going to pick out from that position, right? But But you know you're going to. That's the position you're going to pick out, right? Yeah, I got my names. I'm going to keep that kind of tight lip right now. It will be an edge rusher, and that's another area of the Bears roster where you feel a little bit better after they sign Aaron Lynch, which was some more Bears news that uh, reached over since the last we spoke. But uh, edge rushing and uh, getting after the passer, you can never have enough of those guys. And I would think that the Bears are going to be looking at some targets because this class is pretty deep. Definitely, definitely. All right, thanks a lot, Ryan, again. And uh, definitely check out his stuff uh, on com right now. And listen to him with Ken and D on the D and Davis show. Uh, new episodes coming. Uh, you can catch them on SoundCloud this Wednesday. And uh, you can actually catch it here on uh, War on Anchor on Thursday. Uh, Thursday morning, you can catch that, and uh, Ryan got his uh, segment on there too. Now, what's the name of your segment on there? Up for grabs. Up for grabs, man. Yeah, so it's like uh, definitely listen to Ryan, uh, chop it up with the fellas, and uh, that always a good listen. Dean Davis show. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna send it off right now. Uh, keep keep listening, keep supporting. And uh, spread the word if you can. Rate, uh, subscribe, rate us. You know, yeah, just uh, you know, show show whatever love you can to the guys, and uh, we'll show it right back. All right, Kyle Means here. We are radio.com Bear down and keep firing. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Good job once again.